Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. And now we welcome Michelle Sanders with us on Carolina Newsmakers. She is the secretary of the North Carolina Department of Administration, and she came to that job as uh, an appointment of Governor Roy Cooper on January 12th, 2017. She's a native of Bellhaven, North Carolina, and uh, a graduate of North Carolina State University and uh, also spent some time at Pfeiffer University where she got her uh, Bachelor of Science in Biochemistry and a Master of Health Administration. Uh, so, uh, Michelle, and by the way, we, we were kidding her earlier about the fact that she sells Michelle with an A instead of an I, so uh, God bless you for that. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> the different way of, of spelling it. Well, uh, I, how many people correct it and, and want to change it when they're talking to you or writing you? Um, I haven't met one yet that hasn't wanted to change it or spell it with an I. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about your department and give us a little overview of what you do as the Secretary of the Department of Administration. Sure. As the Department of, as the Secretary of the Department of Administration, I am responsible for um, leading and overseeing government operations within North Carolina. And also we have um, a responsibility of advocacy for our underserved communities across the state. So the Department of Administration has um, quite a few diverse functions and that is what I enjoy most about the job. It includes state parking, motor fleet, uh, state property, our purchase and contract section, um, on our government operations, and there are some other divisions as well. And then in our advocacy arm, we have a council for women. We also have our American Indian Commission, um, our historically owned and utilized businesses. And so with the combination of government operation and advocacy, it gives us uh, a bit of breath to serve the residents of this state across many um, many sectors and across many agencies as well. Now, I know you're a strong supporter of diversity and inclusiveness and, and currently the chair of the North Carolina Commission mm -hmm. on Inclusion. Let's talk a little about what that uh, commission is doing and, and uh, uh, what is your goal there? Yes, the Commission on Inclusion uh, came about from an executive order which the governor um, implemented. And the purpose of that is to identify and implement practices that would enable state government to be more inclusive, whether that is in hiring or that is in our way of operating and serving our residents. Um, because we all know and recognize that North Carolina with almost uh, well over 10 and a half million people in this state, um, we have to serve a diverse population. And not only do we recognize and celebrate diversity, we want to put forward policies and practices that include everyone and that we're working for in a way that the state will work for everyone. Um, you know, I know what it's like to be excluded for um, various reasons. And I also know what it's like when you're included or you're in a culture that values inclusion. And when you're in a culture that values it, inclusion, it actually brings out the best in people. It also helps to um, speed up our problem solving 
and it also brings about innovation. Most importantly, what our residents are looking for, I believe, not only those services we provide, but trust. And when we are in a culture that values, celebrates, and it really acts in a way of inclusiveness, it can build trust between our government as well as the residents of the state and our state employees who um, are the valued resources within state government. Um, well, we so talk, the, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, so the commission, commission has put forward some policy ideas as well as other programs that we have implemented. And we continually um, bring in various uh, entities and organizations to share best practices with us um, that we can try to mobilize around and bring about to our state government. Well, you know, we've talked about this with a number of different people on this program from over the last several years, that North Carolina is an interesting state and it creates interesting problems for your department as well as state government. When you look at the fact that we've got 20, 22 counties that are just growing just by leaps and bounds, and we've got another 75 to 80 counties that are in either a, a period of no growth or actually decline, and that creates interesting problems uh, all the way around, and I'm, I'm sure you focus on that a lot. Yes, it does create interesting problems all around. Recognizing that 80% of the state um, is rural, um, and with the influx of various people that we have coming into North Carolina, um, we want the best for all residents. The governor has put forward a vision for this administration of the state, and that is that we are, our residents are better educated, healthier, and that they have more money in their pockets so that they can live an abundant and prosperous life. And that is for every resident of the state. Now, in saying that, we know that each town and, and each county has its own personalities and these unique traits about them. For example, where I'm from, Bellhaven, uh, grapples with um, access to health care, uh, jobs, and having good paying jobs that will allow you to not only have your basic needs, many jobs don't, even with the minimum wage, you can't get your basic needs, um, but health care. Um, education, having access to quality education, regardless of your zip code, if you're in 27810 in Bellhaven, or if you sit in Cary in 27519, we want all children to have a quality education. So there are complex, um, integrated problems that we strive to solve and within the Department of Administration, as we work with our residents, um, we have to consider each situation that goes on across the, the state and the demographics. Um, in order to provide the best and superior customer service, we also have to be able to understand and empathize with the needs of those residents. So in saying that, as we go about our hiring practices, we look for a, a diverse um, a group who we hire and can bring in, um, and ones who can really help us in identifying even better ways to help this growing population and changing dynamic and changing demographic in North Carolina. 
you know, I don't know what made me think of this, but I, I well, I do know what made me think of it. I read an article about it over the weekend. We've got a census going on right now, and uh, North Carolina is a little behind in our census count as far as uh, getting the job done. And yet this is very important for uh, a number of ways that basically will affect the Department of Administration and state government because so many federal programs are based on per capita or how many people you have. So I want to put a plug in here for uh, seeing if we can get the census count up a little bit. Oh, yes, I am so glad you mentioned that. Um, I am the chair of the North Carolina Complete Count Census, and we are seven weeks away from that census ending. Um, as of Friday, 40% uh, of North Carolina households had not completed 2020 census. Now, we recognize that COVID-19 has had an impact and um, uh, across the world and the state, but unfortunately, we've also um, been faced with some challenges from federal government. Uh, the president recently uh, signed a memo which would change our um, end date for census participation from October 31st to end of September, which is seven weeks away. Um, in addition to that, there has also been language to, um, to not include our undocumented residents uh, in the nation and in the state. And we know that this is a constitutional right for all residents, regardless of your citizenship, your race, ethnicity, or anything else. So we're also challenged with those, um, those I guess, statements and memos and documents, which can create fear as well as shorten our time frame. But this is critically important to our state, as you know, the uncounted residents, that I mentioned, the 41% of those households, the 4 million residents puts at risk $74 billion over the next decade for North Carolina. That is $7.4 billion per year that we would miss out on um, at the rate that we're going. And you know, that money is used for healthcare, education, highways, community services, economic development and more um, at a time like this when we have such a high unemployment rate we are faced with a pandemic we are getting our children back to school and trying to figure out that all of those topics all of those things are ones that this census money funding from our federal government which we've already paid into through taxes um, will benefit us and so I'm asking everyone to please take five to seven minutes. It's safe. It is accessible online. You can go to my2020census.gov. Uh, census can be completed this year on your mobile app. You can fill out the paperwork or you can go online. You can also call by phone and I'll give two numbers. One is in English, 844 20. The second number is in Spanish, 844-468-2020. It takes less than 10 minutes. And everyone listening and tell others, you can be a part of help shaping the future for North Carolina at least the next 10 years. And boy, do we need it. Well, I'm, I'm glad you explained how important this is. Uh, 
and I appreciate you taking time to be with us. And we've got one more segment. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back right after these messages with our guest, Michelle Sanders, who's the Secretary of the North Carolina Department of Administration. We'll be back. You stay tuned. Hey, Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Is this tree good for climbing? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Safe gun storage saves lives. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. That's nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. Our guest is Michelle Sanders, who is the Secretary of the North Carolina Department of Administration. Delighted to have her with us. She has a big background in the private enterprise uh, with uh, companies like Biogen, Purdue Pharmaceuticals, and others. And she's been in this job since uh, 2017, serving the citizens of North Carolina. And uh, 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 Madam Secretary, Jason Kong wrote a note down for me to be sure to talk about the governor's executive order 143. So how about you talking about it? Okay. Executive order 143 is um, focused on the disproportionate impact of COVID-19 on communities of color. The Hispanic Latinx communities, the Black and African American communities, and American Indian communities. Within this executive order, the governor uh, implemented or incorporated the Andrea Harris Social, Economic, Environmental, and Health Equity Task Force. And um, I'm not sure, Don, if you know Andrea or remember Andrea Harris. Andrea Harris is a longtime um, activist and advocate for North Carolinians, um, especially in the, with the focus on economic stability and um, prosperity for our business and small business community. And so she also was the founder and CEO of the Institute, which is based in Durham and has done great work for a number of years um, to help our economy grow and thrive specifically for communities of color. So it's an honor to chair that task force. Now, while addressing equity issues for a more inclusive North Carolina has been a priority, of Governor Cooper's administration, this pandemic has highlighted, certainly highlighted, uh, long existing systemic disparities that are embedded within our healthcare and our economic institutions for communities of color. 
and the virus has underscored the disproportionate impact of this virus. We know the virus doesn't know borders, races, ethnicity, or states. It, you know, there's no boundaries there for this virus. But what we do know, and it shouldn't be a surprise, is that the communities of color have been disproportionately impacted. Um, you know, the Hispanic Latinx make up an estimated 10% of our population of North Carolina, but represent 44% of the cases uh, statewide where ethnicity is known. The Black and American communities uh, estimated 22% of the population in North Carolina, but represent 24% of cases and 33% of deaths related to COVID-19. And our American Indian communities make up 2% of the population in North Carolina and represent 1% of the cases. Now, um, those numbers and that data is readily accessible and may be changing as we speak, but these disparities between the percent of total population and the percent of total cases and deaths show a disproportionately high impact. Our, our white residents make up more than 70% of North Carolina population, but represent 56% of cases and 58% of deaths. So again, it's having a statewide devastation, yet the health inequities and, and uh, they're there. And, you know, we were having a conversation earlier about the importance of uh, in economic and economic growth and, and economic basic foundations and fundamentals for communities to thrive and to have opportunities. And um, this is exactly what this task force will do. The task force will be focused on economic stability, disparities, eliminating health disparities, and achieving environmental justice in North Carolina. And we will do that with about 35 members of the task force who are stakeholders, ex experts in these areas, um, and community advocates, as well as state government employees. And um, we've identified our guiding principles. I'll just mention the first one to you, which is put people first. We're gonna put people first as we focus on our subcommittees. Five subcommittees are noted in Executive Order 143 for this task force. One, access to healthcare. Two, enhance patient engagement. Number three, economic opportunity and business development. Four, environmental justice and inclusion. And the fifth is educational opportunities, not just general academia, but health literacy, financial literacy. So you can see we have our work cut out for us, but we are gonna focus on short-term and long-term goals, short-term being things and actionable items that we can move forward on in the next couple of months. Um, and we are excited about the work. The first meeting was August 5th where we had um, an expert, Angela Glover Blackwell, who spoke to us. Um, and we are eager to put forward policy changes, recommendations, and actions that the state can take under the governor's leadership uh, to improve the lives, not only of these communities of color, but everyone. And now before I go, I, you know, I wanna just mention that 
during our first meeting, we, we actually had exposure to an article called the curb cut effect. And that article highlighted and reflected to us, um, you know, on the curbs where we have the uh, downward, almost like a little ramp for um, wheelchairs to go down and it makes it easier to push a rolling bag off of a curb. That was implemented and came from advocacy for um, our disabled um, uh, residents and people who needed to have that curb there to keep from, you know, having the adverse effect of falling off of a curb if you have a wheelchair or if you're needing to have a ramp down. But though that was the primary reason for it, it has helped everyone. We all look for that curb cut to walk down. We roll our luggage down. We roll our book bags down. Um, we get our grocery out of the store in the cart to use that curb cut. So the work of the task force, I am hoping, and I believe we'll have that same curb cut effect. Not only will we work to lift communities of color, but we are working to eliminate and reduce the risk of public health issues by the lack of health care. We're wanting to lift those people up, have economic stability so the economy can thrive for not just some North Carolinians, but all. We're looking to achieve environmental justice for communities of color, but we're also looking for that achievement of environmental justice to help all North Carolinians. So indeed, the task force has a lot of work to do. We're excited about it, but we're gonna do some great work and make great things continue to happen in North Carolina. Wonderful, that, that is a great summary of that. And uh, Michelle Sanders, Madam Secretary, we appreciate you being with us, Secretary of the North Carolina Department of Administration. Uh, and uh, just a, a great informative session with you and, and also with Dr. Cohen earlier in the program. So we're delighted to, to spend this time with you and thank you so much. If you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast or share it with a friend, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and do just that, carolinanewsmakers.com. If you happen to be listening to a station that carries only the half-hour version, both segments are available on carolinanewsmakers.com. The program has been produced by Jason Kong, and we'll be back next week with another interesting guest. And uh, so we'll look forward to seeing you then. Next week, have a nice week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.